The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. Sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today. Wearing a different Christmas mm-hmm. sweater. Yeah, it's a. Uh, there, I'll stand up here. Someone asked about it. It's Star Wars. It's Ashley Pickle. How cool is that? It is certainly a thing. It's pretty cool, if you ask me. It's certainly a thing. <laughs> uh, today is Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019. 359 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 868. 868, the number of hits for Ed Brinkman in his illustrious Washington Senators and Texas Rangers career. On today's show, guys, the UIL realignment cutoff numbers were announced this morning. We're going to talk about what they mean, who's moving up, who's moving down, what we know now. Uh, then we will announce the uh, Visit Fort Worth Coaches of the Week and the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. And then we will talk with the GOAT uh, at 1220. We'll be joined by Craig Way, the Texas High School Hall of Famer, as he does every Tuesday. So I guess we can kind of start teasing this for our friends. Okay. We're going to do something on Thursday. We are going to do something We're on Thursday. We're going to do something on Thursday. Okay. So. Thursday's a big day here at DC. Thursday night, there is one <laughs> high school football game. Okay. Holland plays Refurio at the Alamo Dome. Which we are pumped about. We are very pumped about. And it's kind of sad we can't go to San Antonio. Well, that's the thing. So none of us can go. Right? We've all got reasons that we can't go to San Antonio. But the game will be streamed live by our friends at Texan Live. Uh, so you can watch it on Texan Live. And by the way, I will just they I don't I don't think they're a sponsor. Um, uh, but you know how we do things. We we talk we'll about them, them and then we'll bill them later. We'll bill them later. So there anyway, you go. We like um we like Texan Live. I'm a big fan of Texan Live. We're gonna be watching the game. But we started thinking, hey, what if we just all sat together and watched the game? Yeah. And by all, I mean all of us. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do the <laughs> first ever Dave Campbell's Texas Football Watch Along, where starting at probably the game kicks off at 7.30. Yeah. Probably starting about 7.30-ish. Ish. <laughs> we are going to, it's going to be myself, Matt Stepp, hopefully Ish. Ish is a little bit under the weather today, so hopefully it gets better. No. Feel better, Ish. Uh, and Ashley. And we're going to be in this studio watching the game. And we're going to have the cameras on, and you can watch the game along with us. Now, I want to be clear. We're not going to be streaming the game, okay? Because Texan Live, our friends over there, they have the rights to it. We're not going to do that. But if you would like us to be your second screen experience, and you would like to sit along and have a watch along with us, we're going to have the cameras on us. We're going to be eating pizza. We may have some beverages. We'll find out. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. We're going to give this thing a try. It'll be good. If it if it goes up in flames, then we'll never do it again. <laughs> but well, you we don't figure, know until you, you try. You know what? Thursday, we're going to eat some pizza. We're going to hang out with you guys. We'll answer your questions. Think of it as like a big mailbag. 
We're going to go throughout the game. We'll just comment on the game as it happens. Yeah, so turn on Texan Live on your uh, TV and then pull up your computer yes. and listen to more of our terrible commentary. Of our commentary. We're just going to be commenting on the game. <laughs> You're the, the mediocre watch party. <laughs> yes. Yes, it'll be... America's favorite mediocre watch, watch party. party. <laughs> uh, so you're invited to a watch party on Thursday evening uh, with myself, Matt Stepp, Ashley Pickle, and hopefully Ishmael Johnson if he's feeling better by then. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to be sitting here watching the game, and you should too. Watch it with us. Oh, uh, so Derek it, English said that's an awesome idea. Think, think about it like as if you guys – it's like at the sports bar, right? We're all going to be sitting at the sports bar watching the game, and we can just talk to each other about it. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to give it a try. It's the first ever Dave Campbell's Texas Football Watch Along. Coming up Thursday at 7.30, we will tease it more. So, there you go. All righty. Today's a big day, Ashley. It uh, is. And it's a low-key big day. Uh, it's Hank's birthday. That's pretty big. I'm ha still stuck on this. And the UIL's <laughs> birthday present to Hank was releasing the cutoff numbers for UIL realignment. So... Let's explain what this means for people who may not know. And if you if you do know what this means, I'm sorry. You're going to have to sit through this because I want everybody to come along. This journey <laughs> with us. So every two years, the UIL redraws the districts, okay, for all the Texas high school football teams. By The way they do that is that they go to each school and they get, what, they get their enrollment snapshot. They say, okay, this is what your enrollment is on X date. Sometime it was back in October. This is what your enrollment is. They then take all of those numbers – and then they divide them into classifications based on the enrollment numbers. And then, for 5A and below, they divide those into divisions. They split those in half. And then, in February, they will divide those up into districts. Mm -hmm. And that is how we get to know. that We call it UIL realignment. comes along every two years. last one was in 2018. Now we'll do it again in 2020. But today, we found out where the cutoff numbers are for each classification. Meaning, if you have X number of students, we now know that you're going into Y classification. There are some exceptions. Some teams are going to opt up in the sense that they are going to play a, a division higher than they want to or a classification higher than they want to or than they are slotted for. But generally speaking, this is our first look at what UIL realignment is going to look like in 2020. So, the UIL released those this morning. The, the big number, the, the 6A cutoff, is 2,220. And honestly, I need to go back and, and listen to the tape, but I think Matt Stepp was right on it. Mm -hmm. I think he said it's like 2,220, and then he was like, I'm going plus or minus 5 there. Yeah. So, I think he was dead on. 2,220 is the official realignment number for 6A. Uh, for 5A, it will be 5A Division One will be uh, 2219, one below it, mm -hmm. to 1900. 5A Division Two will be 1899 down to 1210. Um, 4A Division One will be 1209 to 865. 4A Division Two 864 to 515. 3A Division One 514 to 350. 3A Division Two 349 to 230. Uh, 2A Division One uh, 229 to 166, 165 and a half talk about that uh and then uh and then for uh two division uh two it's uh it's 105 and uh, 105 and below if you're playing six man if you're playing 11 man ball in uh for uh for six man for uh six let me find that because granger huntress tweeted that let me find that out 
you're listening to live coverage of me looking this up. Uh, the numbers are for for one A are one 105 and below 105 to 59 and a half is one A Division one and 59.4 and below That's will be crazy. There. Now, okay, so we're talking about very small schools here, right? right. Um, first of all. The big headlines and what everybody wants to know is who's moving up and who's moving down. Let's first talk about who's staying the same, because I think that's particularly noteworthy. Mm -hmm. Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial is going to be the largest 5A school. They snuck under that number. They're going to stay in 5A Division I, which is a big coup for Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial, Mm -hmm. right? You always want to be, think of it like this, you always want to be the big fish in the small pond. Right. Okay. Highland Park is going to stay in 5A Division I as well. I know there's a lot of people who hem and haw about Highland Park, but they are going to be 5A Division One once again. Um, moving, uh, there are a couple uh, squads that are going to be moving up. Most notably, Alvin Shadow Creek is making the leap. That was certainly known. They turned in a number around 2,600. They are making the leap. But noteworthy drops. Uh, also, another notable team that's staying the same that we thought might be switching is Alito will stay in 5A Division yes. Two. But here are some notable moves. Dropping from 6A to 5A, Longview, mm-hmm. we kind of had a feeling that was coming. They turned in a number that I think was under 2,100, and we were like, boy, there's no way they're not going to be there. Also, Amarillo Tascosa, mm-hmm. who's playing in a regional final this weekend, will be dropping to 5A. Dropping from 5A to 4A. This is a big one. Corpus Christi Cal Allen mm-hmm. is dropping from 5A to 4A. Now, Cal Allen has always been a very small 5A. They've always been right on that cusp. But finally, the number moved up far enough that they were able to slide underneath it. And so Cal Allen is going to be a 4A team next year into 4A Division One. Also, dropping from 4A Division One to 4A Division Two, Carthage. That's a big one. Carthage is moving from 4A Division One to 4A Division Two, And so, while all the people... So, so what does this mean, right? What is it going to mean? First of all, we're probably going to have Pleasant Grove and Carthage in the same region, right? They may end up being the two... They may end up being in the same district, the way things break out. Secondly, for all the people who are saying, oh, well, Highland Park, they got an easy ride in 5A, well, Longview's probably joining their region, mm-hmm. okay? It's going to get a lot dicier uh, for them. Also dropping... Cisco is going to drop from 3A Division 2 to 2A Division 1. That is particularly noteworthy. Um, also, let's see. Now, I will say that there are a couple of um, there are a couple of schools that are going to... There's a, a couple of moving parts, okay? One of the moving parts is that um, McAllen ISD, the numbers are actually... There's there some McAllen ISD coaches are claiming that their numbers are not right by the UIL that they that the numbers are not accurate, and if that's true, currently all the all the McAllen ISD schools are slated to be in six A. If they if that's true and their numbers are not right, that could drop them all to five A, which opens up spots in six A that the two largest five A teams, Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial and Highland Park, and Austin Anderson, could be moving up. That is something particularly noteworthy. Keep an eye uh, on that one. Uh, Elsewhere, another thing that's going to be very interesting is keep an eye on, uh, right on those numbers, right on those cutoffs, because they release all the the snapshot data that they have, all the UIL snapshot data is up on the UIL website. I think we have it at TexasFootball.com as well. Keep an eye right on those cutoffs, 
right? Mm -hmm. You're going to have some teams that opt up, but those teams, inevitably, you want to look at the big fish in the small pond. Those are the most noteworthy things. Um, I would also say what's going to be interesting, I think today's a good day for Dallas ISD. Dallas ISD um, is only going to have one 6A team, and that's Skyline. Everyone else is going to be 5A, which benefits them greatly because they were getting clobbered in 6A. I think that they're going to be able to compete a little bit more. Um, so keep an eye on the UIL realignment. We're, of course, going to have – this is going to be a big topic of discussion in the offseason, but this is the first kind of big-time data point here is that we're going – we now have, know who's moving up, who's moving down, and what these classifications are going to look like. Still some moving parts, and we won't know the districts until February, but – this is our first look at the cutoffs. I got a cool little stat for you here. So we yeah. talked. You obviously talked a lot about five A D one. Yes. Um. So that includes especially Manville, Tascosa, Highland Park, Denton, Ryan, Frisco, Lone Star, Lancaster, Longview, and Lufkin. Those schools combined are ninety one and ten yeah. this season. Five right. A Division one is going to be a banger of a division a next year. Be, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Right. So it's going to be crazy there. Um. So keep an eye on that. Um. That is. I mean, also, I think I tweeted this out, uh, but San Antonio Wagner's moving up. So you want to talk about 5A Division One? We always talk when the division split came last year that 5A Division One Region 4 was wide open. Well, Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial staying there, if they in fact stay there, mm -hmm. is very good news for them, especially because Wagner, the team they're playing in the, in the regional is final this up. week, is moving up. So keep an eye on that. We've got, we'll have, of course, complete coverage of UIL realignment uh, both during the offseason and then, of course, February for, for realignment day. Um, Big doings in, in Texas high school football uh, should be a lot of fun. Meese just commented and said uh, hearing the realignment numbers made him realize that Allen's graduations must suck. I yeah. didn't think about that. So, Those have to be so long. So, and, and we don't <laughs> – one thing is everyone asks – everyone always wonders what the Allen number is, and we don't really stress about chasing that down because we're like, okay – like whatever it's big it's it's a big number <laughs> uh and it's like they're always going to be the largest they turn in 69 59 is what they turn in the only the only real it's like there's two reasons to know the allen number one is to gawk at it mm -hmm. and two is just does it start with a seven yeah. whenever they get to seven thousand, that's really going to be the next kind of rubicon for them right uh they're at 69 59 if you are interested if you were to split that into three schools all three of them would be six a teams that's so. insane there's that. <laughs> we are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage. High school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Please consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. TexasFootball.com slash Insider. Let me find my read. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in partnership with Visit Fort Worth, is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your regional semifinals, Co Visit Fort Worth Coach of the Week. In 6A, Chad Simmons from Katie Taylor. After finishing the regular season with a 5-5 five five record and fourth place in their district, no one gave the Mustangs much of a shot advancing past by district, but Coach Simmons' squad has proved the experts wrong, advancing to the regional finals with a 35-14 win over Umble. In 5A, Cody Simper from Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. Simper's squad continues their playoff revenge tour this week and knocked off previously unbeaten Corpus Christi Miller 56-49 in a classic at sold-out Buccaneer Stadium. In 4A, Brian Hewlett from Springtown. Hewlett's squad have been road warriors during the season and hasn't phased the Porcupines one bit as they went to Brownwood and completely
completely dominated a very good Andrews squad, 63-20. to In 3A, Davin Nelson from Dangerfield. Nelson's Tigers avenged last year's playoff loss to Newton and took down the two-time defending 3A Division II state champions with a thrilling 30-26 win. In 2A, Jason Herring from Refurio. In one of the wildest games you'll ever see, Herring's Bobcats, with their backs against the wall multiple times, showed championship heart and then some with an incredible 45-43 comeback win over Shiner. And in 1A, Mike Bigham from Motley County. The Matador stormed out of the gates early and held on to beat Groom 62-56, clinching a spot in the state semifinals and a second consecutive 10-win season. So those are your Visit Fort Worth Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Chad Simmons from Katie Taylor. and 5A, Cody Simper from Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. In 4A, Brian Hewlett from Springtown. In 3A, Davin Nelson from Dangerfield. In 2A, Jason Herring from Refurio. And in 1A, Mike Bigham from Motley County. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you, or all the coaches, rather. We salute you for more information, visit texasfootball.com. Uno mas. Last one of the year. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Derry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Texas football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches across the state for the Derry Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week, and allow fans to vote via Twitter, vo- uh, Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Dairy Max built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year, decided at season's end. Your regional semifinal, Dairy Max built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Troy Defensive Coordinator Kyle Allred. The Trojans stifled a high-powered Whitney attack and notched a go-ahead and eventual game-winning safety to take down Whitney 9-7. Pilot Point Defensive Coordinator Brian Freeze. Facing state-ranked and unbeaten wall, the Bearcats didn't flinch, stymieing the Hawks' flexbone attack to advance to the regional final with a 26-7 win. Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial Offensive Coordinator Jerry Prieto, fueled by 426 yards and six touchdowns from quarterback Carter Centerfit, the Eagles soared past previously unbeaten rival Corpus Christi Miller, 56-49. And Lampasas Offensive Coordinator uh, Heath Narragon, the Badgers rang up 665 yards total offense, including 478 from superstar quarterback Ace Whitehead in a 66-44 romp over Needville. So those are your regional semifinal. Dairy Max, built by Chuck Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF. Vote now. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. We invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That's our subscription package. Uh, two magazines a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. Uh, all for low, low price at TexasFootball.com. There's never been a better time to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. I get tweets every day from people saying, I just become an insider, and I'm very happy that I did. So take that for what you will. Please become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Ashley, let's go to the hotline, and let's bring in the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer, the voice of the Texas Longhorns, and my co-host on the Emmy Award-winning High School Scoreboard Live, we're joined uh, by Coach, or by Coach. Oh my gosh, no, no <laughs> close enough. No, he's not a coach. It's, it's force of habit. It's Craig Way, Texas High School Hall of Famer. I'm, I'm sorry. Although I think it's a compliment to be mistaken for a coach. You know, Chip, have you ever done that when you've gone down to coaching school and you run across those coaches and they give you that look and they're trying to place your face? 
and and they can't remember exactly who you are or what it is you do. So they default and go, Coach, how you doing? And you just say, I'm doing great, Coach. How you doing? And then and then you just go about your merry way, and everything's cool. Coach, uh, um, Dave Campbell gets coach a lot at coaching school. Cause I, I bet. Think, I think yeah. that's I think that's just it's force of habit. Um, so we are through to the regional finals now. Uh, it is getting uh, it is getting nigh upon us. We're into December. Um, and, and so I guess, you know, we, we're down to 44 team or 44 games, 88 teams left uh, in the Texas high school football playoffs. Uh, my question to you, Craig, is of those 88, there are some that I think we're not surprised we're, we're, we're here. I don't think it's a surprise that Alito is here. I don't think it's a surprise that Duncanville is here. But who among those 88 teams are you most, would you say you are most surprised to see here in the regional finals? Wow. Okay, most surprised. Um, simply because of the difficulty of the area they were in and what they were having to deal with in their districts, and then beyond that, I think one could offer a prosper. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, 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 I think you could do that. Uh, I think that you could probably uh, offer... Well, yeah, I think we all knew Holland was going to be good, but state quarterfinal good and serious state championship threatening good. I I, I don't know about that. Those those are uh, perhaps a, a couple that might get Blum maybe mm-hmm. uh, in in one A. That that could be one that uh, might uh, pop off uh, and, and pop up on somebody's radar. Going really, they're in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably those are all. Uh, ones that just immediately come to mind of the ones who are still around and kick it. Now, I will tell you this. You can kind of revisionist history it a little bit. When you get on into the season, and we've talked about this, you know, Liberty Hill, at one point the season was 2-5, and five, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, you know, the, ch- the chances of them get, even getting in, and that let alone be able to get on the run, would be difficult to imagine. So maybe some of the – I'll give you another one. Wichita Falls Rider. Mm-hmm. To be at the quarterfinal level, Maybe that's a bit of a surprise. You know, one of them that that surprises me, and I know that you you've had Jimmy Mitchell on your show, is is Maynard um, beating Cedar Park last week in, in in kind of in a lot of ways. The more I think about it, Maynard kind of beat Cedar Park at their own game, which is kind of the most impressive part of that. Uh, you know, Mainers a squad that is that is making history into the regional final. Uh, big underdogs this weekend's Alvin Shadow Creek, but this feels like a big step forward for this Mustangs program that, uh, for you know, for a long time has just kind of been an also ran there in the in the Central Texas area. This feels like a big moment here for the Mustangs. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. And uh, you know, th- when you talk to uh, Jimmy Mitchell or when you talk to the players, they kind of shrug it off a little bit and say, "Hey, look." We're in a tough district. We had to deal with Cedar Park and Hutto and Georgetown all year long. So we knew we'd be okay once we got to the playoffs. Okay, true. But Hutto was coming, or excuse me, Maynard was coming off being summarily throttled by Cedar Park just three weeks ago. This wasn't like, you know, uh, Katie and North Shore meeting in August on the opening night of the season. This was only three weeks had passed since Cedar Park had taken them to the woodshed. And yet, they found a way to play their game, as you mentioned, Tim. They'd gotten healthy. They'd had some guys banged up. But th- here's a common threat, what I'm hearing from coaches. Uh, and, and you and I talked about this yesterday. Fifteen rematches, which is a record, 
to have 15 rematches uh, there at the quarterfinal level uh, at this at this stage of the playoffs. Now the quarterfinals to have 15 of the 44 games be rematches. But uh, I talked to Doug Warren at Wimberley this morning. He echoed the same thing that Jeff uh, Walker at at Liberty Hill did. Uh, echoed that and echoed the same thing that I heard Jimmy Mitchell say last week, and that is we got healthy, and more importantly, we stopped making mistakes. Mm -hmm. All three of those teams, Boehner in its rematch with Cedar Park, uh, he he pointed out the fact that in the first meeting, they turned the ball over four times. They didn't have that kind of problem at Cedar Park a second time. Uh, Liberty Hill, and talking with with uh, Jeff Walker, and uh, how are you going to deal with Lampasas again? They beat you 52-10 to 10 the first time. He said, yep, but our kids want another shot because we turned the football over four times in that game, and we think we eliminate that, we'll be okay. This morning, talking to Doug Warren at, at Wimberley, you got Navarro again. They, they beat you pretty soundly the first time. Uh, I think 42-14 or 41-14, how are you going to deal with that? Yep, uh, our kids want another shot at him. We had three turnovers in that game, and if we eliminate that, we liked everything else we did in the game, you know. Otherwise, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? So, you know, if you eliminate the mistakes, then you feel like you give yourself a shot, especially when you're at this level of the playoffs. Uh, it's Craig Way, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer, joining us on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today, because that is another interesting thing. You mentioned the record 15 rematches in these, the state quarterfinals, regional finals. Um and, and so, you know, we hear all the time how hard it is to beat a team twice. Uh, but I would argue there's also certainly uh, some, some evidence to the con- not to the contrary because it certainly wasn't easy for Galena Park North Shore and certainly wasn't easy for Frisco Lone Star to beat their uh, – or North Shore avenges their loss. Frisco Lone Star ends up beating Highland Park twice. I feel like this is, this is just me. The more I think about what Frisco Lone Star has done, beating Highland Park twice, uh, once at Highlander Stadium and the other time at their kind of satellite stadium, at AT&T Stadium, uh, I feel like this is going to be one of those uh, achievements that, that, yes, they've got to finish off a state championship, but if they were to do that, you know, you're talking about one of the more impressive runs and the more impressive uh, kind of achievements that we've seen in high school football in some time. Well, first and foremost, if they finish the run, they finish uh, unbeaten, as we know. So you, you start from that and say anytime you run all the way through in what is one of the most rugged distri- uh, rugged uh, classification divisions to deal with, 5A Division One, and you went unbeaten, okay, that's one thing. And then, like you say, to take out a three-time defending state champion and to beat them twice, including once on their home field and then once, as you mentioned, the adjunct, the satellite home turf, yeah, I, I think it does stand the test of time with some of the better accomplishments, uh, certainly in recent history of 5A Division One, if not in 5A overall. So I, I, I agree with you. I think it's it's up there with it. And, uh, you know, we get back to that confidence thing. I agree with you when you say you, you don't necessarily believe in momentum, but you do believe in confidence. Those kids were confident. They beat them once at Highlander. Day. We can beat it again and beat them again, and they're on a roll and to be able to do that. Pretty doggone impressive. Now, can they ride whatever momentum is supposed to come off of that or, or continue to have that confidence and play well enough against Lancaster this week? That's going to be interesting to see. And then what could be an absolutely epic semifinal against Ryan? That that could be, you know, certainly well worth the price of admission. 
So now I'd, I I want to ask you uh, in 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 we get to the point now in the regional finals where every game is pretty much must see. I, I think there's probably only. Off the top of my head, I would say there's only two teams that I feel pretty confident are going to get into the, get into those state semifinals because all these games are, are really good. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you about those 15 rematches. There's 15 rematches across the state, and I'm going to give you three, and I'm going to make you choose one uh, that you are that you are most interested in. Would you go with Argyle and Waco La Vega? Would you go with, let's say, hmm. Where else do I want to go with this? Uh, or do you, or do you want to go with Columbus and Hallettsville, a little bit off the off the beaten path, or do you want to go with Brock and Pilot Point? Which of those smaller school uh, rematches will you have your eye on the most? Well, they're all good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the Columbus Hallettsville thing is interesting since they uh, again that's one of those early season rematches, a non-district that we talked about with regard, obviously, to, uh, to Katie and North Shore. So there's, there's that. But, uh, and Brock Pilot Point, Pilot Point riding high, the, the, that wave of, there's that M word again, momentum coming off beating Wall. Uh, but we know Wall wasn't quite the same, obviously, uh, toward the end. And, and Brock is playing much better than earlier. But I, I don't know how you could go against Argyle Lapiga. It has so many intrigues to it. Uh, the fact and what did we say? This is their fourth meeting in the last, what is it, um, uh, 15 months, Yeah, I think, playing for the fourth time. Uh, and and uh, the fact it's playing at this level and that Argyle throttled them pretty good early, but then Argyle's had to ride the roller coaster of playing, looking really good on some weeks, especially defensively, mm-hmm. but we know what they do offensively. And then other weeks uh, on defense, a real struggle. And they can't have a quote-unquote real struggle defensively against La Vega, or they're going to dig themselves too deep a hole. Same thing with La Vega, which dug itself the big hole against Argyle the last time. So there, there's a lot that intrigues me about that rematch of Argyle and La Vega. And, and one more that I think is worth mentioning, that I think is flying under people's radar, uh, maybe because people don't understand the rivalry, but Paul Pewitt and Dangerfield meeting in a regional final is the biggest thing to happen in Morris County in years like this is a yeah i'm not sure people understand what a blood feud that is out out east it it, it's it's not pleasant i'm gonna (laughs) tell you uh i i know people i know graduates of both and uh there there's a lot of dislike that goes on uh with one another i i think you're right it did fly under the radar because let's, let's let's be honest Weren't we all kind of expecting Newton to get through it? Yes. To get to get through that, and and it didn't happen. So uh, so there's another that maybe both of those teams, Paul Pewitt and Dangerfield, to certainly to be winding their way back to a quarterfinal. You know, there's there's different intrigues that go on with these rematches. Tap the uh, for example, in visiting uh, with Jeff Walker at Liberty Hill, I asked him why Gupton Stadium for uh, the game against Lampasas. And he said, plain and simple, I lose a coin flip like I always do. He said, I wanted to play Friday night uh, in Round Rock at the, at, at the Kelly Reese Complex, the Palace on Palmer. And he said, uh, Coach Rogers wanted to play Saturday. And uh, he goes, I lost the flip. So Saturday in Gupton Stadium, the weird thing is they both come south to play that. But we see that happen where teams, what is it, uh, uh, East Bernard, uh, and uh, going, going uh, they're both uh, – they're going into uh, 
uh, into Shadow Creek's home stadium mm-hmm. there. So there's a there's a there's a drive where they're both going out of their area uh, to play. That's for bigger facilities. Understand? And as he pointed out. There ain't much between us and Lampasas, and I've driven that stretch of 183 a few times up there. There's not a lot in between Liberty Hill and Lampasas, but those are things that go on. Those are district foes and all that. It's not a blood feud. It's not a heavy – it's not the, the rivalry that Dangerfield and Paul Pewitt is. Mm-hmm. So you can pick out all of these rematches and talk about you know, Navarro and Wimberley. A lot of respect for one another, but it's not a hated arch rivalry deal. You got that. Yeah. You got all of the, the, the stuff that goes into a quarterfinal, the matchup, the rematch, and then, oh, by the way, they're arch rivals who happen to not like each other. That's what you have with Dangerfield and Paul Pewitt. So we would be remiss if we didn't uh, ask you about the big regional finals in Region 4 of both 6A brackets uh, here. Uh, as Lake Travis, uh, in the for the umpteenth consecutive year, plays Converse Judson. And, uh, yeah. and and Westlake takes on San Antonio Brandeis. Uh, there's intrigue in both of those games. What kind of storylines are you keeping your eye on for both of these squads? Well, I'll go chronologically. Friday night is, is Westlake Brandeis. And uh, plain and simple to this to me, I know people talk about Kirkland Michaud and how well he's played and how he separated himself from the other two quarterbacks for Westlake this year. But this game to me, boils down to Westlake's defense, which has been killer all season long mm-hmm. against the Brandeis offense. Uh, that is, it's, it's plain and simple to me on that one. Now, on the Saturday game, uh, there, there's a lot of subplots into this. When I uh, had uh, Hank Carter on my show this morning, I asked him, I said, you know, you're not one of the 15 rematches, but it darn sure feels like it, doesn't it? He goes, yeah, we used to play him in the regular season, and we've been playing him in the playoffs. So, yeah, we know him pretty well. He said there's not much difference at all between what Coach Williams is doing at Judson now and what Sean McAuliffe did before. So he said there's not much difference there. And then you add the wrinkle tap. Hudson Card's been practicing. Practiced a little bit last week. He's practicing this week. I asked, uh, I asked him, I asked Hank Carter point blank, could he play? And his words were, we're going to see because it's a foot injury, not a knee, but it, we think it might be a game-time decision. Mm-hmm. That tells me they're trying to get him ready to play. Mm-hmm. So you, and, and if you get him ready to play, that's one thing whether he can play some, but you get him ready to play, A, you got to win the game against Judson, and it's, what is it, our friend Jerry Forrest, the, the computer has Judson, I think, uh, yeah. favored by one Pick point. That's that, how basically. close it is. So you get past that, and then you get to the other deal then you'd have to have him ready for North Shore, perhaps, in the state semifinals. So they're trying to get him ready. He's Craig Way. He's the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. Listen to his fine work on the Horn in Austin. Of course, see him on High School Scoreboard Live on Saturday night, the Saturday night extravaganza with myself, Rick Renner, and Craig Way. Craig, appreciate your time, my friend, and I will see you on Saturday night. Hey, join me in that. Oh, you can't join me in Abilene. You've got, you've got, you've got relatives in town. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to Strong Richland Springs, and then I'll camp out at, as you call it, the Star uh, in Frisco <laughs> on Saturday before seeing you in the studio. Yes, make sure you go see Craig if you're at any of these games. Craig, appreciate your time, pal. All right, we'll see you. There he goes, Craig Wave, the Texas High Football Hall of Famer, joins us every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um... First off, we will do first four through the door since oh, we yeah. missed that. Uh, Jacob John, Rob Hadaway, Meese, and Aaron Flynn. 
So welcome Hi guys. in, guys. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Um, and then the only final thought comes from Mies. He said, guys, today is the 10-year anniversary of the airing of Scott's Tots. He said, in the voice of oh Stanley God. Hudson laughing, it has, it's been 10 years. <laughs> oh, God. That's the worst episode of The Office. <laughs> That's the worst. And in fact... That is, my wife and I are rewatching The Office. Mm -hmm. We've gotten to that point and we stopped. We really? Have, I have not. I can't watch it. It All is. Right. I, it's too cringy. It, I, uh, it, it I, hurts actually, me too deeply. We tuned in to her. There was the, the Office was on Comedy Central last night, so I watched the episode of when uh, Creed gets to take over for manager. Yes. And he was like, "What are we doing? We're making acronyms." And then they're like, "What does the B stand for? Business." And he writes. B I U Z. It was great. So good. Creed is All Creed. such an underrated nothing, character. Nothing <laughs> That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TextFootball.com. Thanks to Craig Way for hopping on with us. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please can get your Player of the Year trophy. We will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.